Hey there, you're listening to Combo Breaker, a one-two punch of enthusiasm. Each week, I present a tiny interruption to share something that I'm digging on. I'm your host, Cole, and you can check out OKRetro.Zone to stay on top of all the new podcasts, videos, and more. So here we go! Also, happy Pride Month, happy Kai June, happy day that both these months happen to coincide. Anyways, this week I wanted to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. I recently started a campaign in the past few months and I've been so taken by the experience. I have a pretty rad dungeon master and his world building is elaborate and I really love the collaborative storytelling. Um, it's cool as hell. So I figured I'd share a little bit about D&D's history, sharing why its world building can be so amazing, and why if you like hanging out with your friends sometimes and playing games, that this could be something fun to check out. Dungeons and Dragons is a fantasy tabletop role-playing game designed by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. It was first published in 1974 by Tactical Study Rules. And uh, The Wizards of the Coast, the publisher of Magic the Gathering, has been publishing it since 1997. The creation of Dungeons and Dragons is heralded as like the beginning of modern role-playing games, and the archetypes within it, and even the mechanics really, are apparent in other games and media. I see you, Final Fantasy. Dungeons and Dragons consists of a dungeon master, who is your game's um, storyteller, and is the one who builds the framework for the, the narrative to unfold. Um, like maintaining the settings, playing the NPCs, uh, like anyone you meet along, like non-playable characters, uh, anyone you meet along your journey, uh, really just anything that isn't the, the player characters themselves. The players create their own characters though, often based on races such as human, which I find the most boring because I'm a human every day, um, elf, dwarf, tiefling which is kind of like a half-demon, a dragonborn, which is like a dragon dude, a half-orc, let's see, the character classes, this is by no means exhaustive, you were, I'm trying real hard not to spiral down a rabbit hole, but you get fighter, druid, mage, paladin, ranger, monk, bard, Um, and there's there's specialties within that, that canon as well. D&D, now years later, even has like multi-classing, which allows you to be Oh, like a cleric and a rogue hybrid, or there's even custom classes that people have kind of fabricated within in, within those those archetypes. Um, I'm currently playing a half elf fighter with the battle master archetype, and another person in my group is playing a half elf grave cleric. We also have a wizard and like a mm, a DPS focused druid. Uh, I don't know what her her focuses. Oh, and there's character alignment as well. I'm chaotic neutral, and so is my character. Sorry, that was a dumb joke. I just phrased that sentence wrong. Um, but yes, my character is chaotic neutral. So, the players create their characters and the DM builds a world around them, and as the player sets off to maybe save the world, they could also deviate completely from the DM's plans and maybe, I don't know, live in a fishing village, but it's, um, the game is not only like a dialogue between the players and each other in the DM, but like also what the group's actions lead the DM to create and what the DM creates to lead the players to explore. Um, so it's it's pretty rad. 
Dungeons and Dragons provides a detailed structure to work within, and of course the DM can decide if those uh, parameters or rules work within the narrative that they're trying to build. And when I say provides a, a detailed structure, I mean there's some fucking books, okay? My experience with D&D started in my late 20s and uh, with the release of 5th edition. Uh, yeah, there's five editions of D&D. Um, so through the years, there have been paradigm shifts from how players even build their characters to how you interact with the world. And pretty much all those moving pieces have slowly been tweaked over time and changed and brought back and evolved. Um, but with every edition, there are some books. When I've been playing, we all have a copy of the player's handbook that we flip through. There's books like The Dungeon Master's Guide, A Monster Manual, um, a really great book called Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and there's a few other books um, that are like different campaigns or different worlds or different parts of the world um, that are basically just compounding against each other or for each other. There, There's a lot, okay? There's a lot. And with all these books, there's plays on those mechanics and potentially like morality of the characters and it's it's cool as hell um <laughs> as you create your character you roll some sweet polyhedral dice uh to find your character's strength constitution dexterity intelligence wisdom and charisma my half elf fighter full of charisma dumber than hell but can swing a sword um these ability scores lend themselves to Situations like charming a character or persuading them or investigating some ruins or having a history or knowledge base on herbalism. But, uh, these same traits can influence a player's decision when considering a risky move like should they sneak up behind someone or should they really intimidate that shopkeeper. You may not want to do that if your charisma is super low or if you're, uh, shit, what is stealth? I'm so bad at this. Would it be dexterity? I'm going to say dexterity. Um, if your dexterity is super low. To take an action, you often roll a d20 or a 20-sided die. Depending on the action or attack, if the, roll, if the roll succeeds or fails, depending on the parameters the DM has made, the player either defaultly does nothing or has to roll another die, whether it's dealing damage or dealing with the ramifications of that action, whether it's poison, blindness, or... I don't know. Um, if you're like me, you repeatedly roll low on any action that is crucial to the story or the fight, and will roll high on any side quest or interaction that has no uh, real risk. <laughs> um, that's my life. Uh, so yeah. Oh, and there's mini figures or miniatures, like tiny little figures that represent the player and combatants. Um, like like my half-elf, or wolves, or goblins, or orcs, and wagons, and you you name it. Um, I love this. Uh, it helps visualize fights, or where people are in relation to each other, and they look really cool. I have a friend who uses a tiny blue Power Ranger, and I love it. Uh, it's a fantastic visual aid when you're trying to square up the opposition, or trying to decide how to, to navigate a stronghold. Um, our DM just showed up with a large model the last time we hung out that he had built for our next big story beat as we ascend a mountain to explore this keep. But I, but I love the maps and all this visualization. Uh, our DM actually uh, hand wrote some letters 
that had been sent to our our characters from a courier because we have a friend in the the city of Waterdeep. Uh, and we also found some some transcripts and letters sent between um, some some villains uh, that we had just destroyed, but we need to find the counterpart now. And it was so fucking cool to be like, hey, can I investigate the desk behind where we just fought? And he was like, yeah. And like, we rolled our D20 to see if we could pass an investigation check. And then he slides us two papers across the table and flip it over. And we have these these interactions between these two characters and obviously it's the one side but time had elapsed so things were referenced in one letter to the next and there was this insignia of a spider and I was just like oh shit like just how how the these stories can unfold is just so uh like genuinely phenomenal like it blows my mind every time uh I realize that my on my little tiny podcast of enthusiasm it's impossible to do a full-on all-encompassing history of D&D because there's so much um like how a lot of influences pulled from Lord of the Rings but I mean duh right hobbits are halflings there's the ants or tree ants and then the the balrog is the balor uh but Lord of the Rings influence being thrust upon anything in fantasy is a, a given right but I would like to touch on a little bit of the 1980s uh, satanic panic. Um, you'll see here, kids. Uh, D&D's uh, had this uh, some super fun time uh, where there was a crusade against the tabletop game. Similarly to like the 90s and early 2000s, like video games make people violent. It was the same thing. Uh, there was some Christian groups that were condemning D&D for promoting devil worship and murder, suicide, witchcraft. And, you know, you know, in the monster manuals, um, you could occasionally see some boobs. Um, I believe the, the, the succubi is, a, was a huge, um, uh, pain point for D and D at the time. Uh, this like moral panic around D and D though, caused the publishing house to make changes to the to distance itself from the, the stupid association um, with the occult, which, if anything, it just promotes super awesome good good times. And if that's what the occult is, what's up? Um, but I remember when... I, I bring this up because I remember when I was in middle school, so like the late 90s, early 2000s, and my friends and I wanted to play D&D. We played Final Fantasy and other RPGs as single-player video games and really wanted to collaborate on something together instead of just playing the these stories in isolation um and i remember all of our parents like freaked out about devil worship and i i still like i didn't understand it then and i i genuinely don't understand that that frame of mind now um but at the time you know like in hindsight i did go to a, a very conservative catholic school um so i i think that was uh like in hindsight, I, I realized like how conservative that was. So that had to have been some of that really awesome underpinning there. Um, but as much as the the game had this like false association and like this negative like bullshit thrust upon it for years, like, you know, 15, 20 years later, it was still dealing with that. Um, and I think myself, as well as many of my friends probably would have, you know, probably coped better within our 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 early tween our teen years i guess 
um, have had the experience to like share these adventures and it, and you know collaborate it with some problem solving and wrestle with like moral decisions and just like working together and you know being together. So I just wanted to highlight that because I find that in my current experience, you know, like I'm just hanging out with my friends. You know, I I constantly look forward to eating pizza and drinking beer and, you know, saving a town from destruction all while just playing this game with my friends. Um, But, you know, I joked about being chaotic neutral, but we keep having these like, you know, discussions around the gameplay. So we kind of pull back from our game and realize that the decisions that we're making are also reflections of ourselves. And it's also like sparked really great conversations. Um, I, I don't need to, as much as I would love to regale you in my, my D&D experience um, in, our, in our world, um, there was a, 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 what's the word? There was a mansion that we, I guess, removed some thieves who have been inhabiting it and the, the building had fallen into disrepair years before they had gotten there in, in this world of the city of Phandalin. So if you've been around D&D at all. That's a a name that comes up a lot, uh, in many incarnations, of course. Um, but in this mansion there, we got these thieves out and once we got them out, we just kind of explored and my, my very dumb half elf fighter is quite acrobatic. So I was able to shamble up some like disrepair and get my team up there. Um, and we found just this room that had been untouched for maybe half a decade and there was just a, a body that had been there and we looked around the room we found a journal and so there was like you know letters to read through and these things that we could experience through you know written text that was this individual's experience so like the world that we we live in also has history which is so very cool um and we found that this this person was a woman and she basically was a steward of this house and and took care of it and loved living there and having the second chance at life. Um, So we decided that we have a a grave cleric. So one, she made sure that she could not be revived as a zombie, but we also buried her on the property so she could look over this, this house over the town that has now changed since she's lived there, but we wanted it to feel good. And it just like brought this like really, really cool conversation of like, well, yeah, we found someone and something happened here. We don't know what, but how can we resolve this to like tie up loose ends? Um, and I think that caught our DM like off guard. And it happened once again, once we met some people who we were in a, a fight fighting side by side with and we didn't know them. And then we offered them, you know, shelter at our place. And he was just like, oh, that's actually really, that's a good idea. You should do that. Um, it's really like sparked conversation. And we've had a conversation about, you know, um, race and stuff. Like, it's just bonkers that like this simple game about elves and hobbits, more halflings, can really like foster this sense of community and, and um, I was going to say home or space, but I don't know. It's like, there's definitely a sense of belonging. Um, and I, I think part of that is, you know, what what you're dealing with as the player, but also how you're dealing with it together. Um, this got like way more sentimental than I anticipated, but like fucking go play some D&D guys. It's so good. Um, so let's just circle back here. I'll tie this bad boy up. Um, I'm not sure 
how much D&D has kind of uh, permeated pop culture. It's probably referenced on the Big Bang Theory a few times. I don't fucking know. Uh, but you can watch D&D streams on Twitch and there's stuff on YouTube, of course. Uh, Geek and Sundry started Critical Role. Critical Role got so big, it's now its own production company, I believe, as of last year. Um, I haven't even gone down that rabbit hole because there's so much content there. Um, and there's also the Adventure Zone, which is hosted by the McElroy brothers. Uh, that I believe they started that when 5th edition just came out, and that was kind of my my touchstone to D&D, and I was just like, oh, hell yeah, like, I want to do this. Um, so if you want a fun podcast, check that out, or literally go watch the hundreds of hours of Critical Role. Um, so yeah, D&D's fucking rad. Go do it. Go treat yourself. So thank you guys for listening to Combo Breaker, a one-two punch of enthusiasm. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, and if you did, I hope you share it with a friend. And if you want to share something that you're digging on, shoot me an email over at weareokretro at gmail.com with Combo Breaker in the subject line. And follow me on the social medias at weareokretro to see new stuff coming out and what I'm up to and maybe what you're up to. Show me those dice. Um, And I hope you all have a fantastic week. Until next time.